gotta hit me up. Yeah, it could be right here. <laughs> but back to the show. It's working fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, let's. <laughs> that's some crazy shit. So pretty much, whenever something go wrong, I'm gonna just say stereo, and hope <laughs> that it gets fixed. <laughs> like a black mom, be like, "Hey." Yeah. <laughs> oh lord, that that is crazy. Cause now notice it's working now. Like Stone said, it wasn't working. Now all of a sudden, it's back working again. Stereo yeah. gotta get their shit together, man. They fucking it up. Okay. Now Wait. watch. Now watch, it's gonna start doing no, actually, the audio is perfect. I can hear both of you well. Very hell? well, I mean. See, see? Oh, see? Look at that. So it's not us. We just blame everything on stereo. Like, white people do us. Like, we're just gonna blame I it on them. Shut up! <laughs> um, we're just gonna blame it on them. It's a little choppy. It's not bad. But it's not every time you speak, either. It's like, sometimes. But it's on both ends. It it's a tad bit choppy, but it's it's probably clear by the time y'all listen to this message. I don't know. Okay. Mm. See, look at that. Shout, shout okay. out to Make Spicy being amazing. Well, let's see. Let's huh, so, yeah. And then here comes the, here comes the choppiness again. Stereo. No. I need to figure out. See, Stereo. now you Come sound on. perfectly fine. Y'all are clear. All good. Okay. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to keep going. Um, and then I guess we'll just do with it what we need to do with it. This is Loud Mouth Stereo Chopper Style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chop that screw episode. Listen, you're going to chop, chop. All right. Well, guys, my name is Sham from She Gets a Podcast. That is Greg from Young Black and Bothered. We are here. Yo, yo, yo. Your show, Loudmouth Stereo. All right, this is where we give you content, we give you laughs, and we tell you exactly how it is. Please follow Young Black and Bothered on all of your podcast platforms, and please follow She Gets It on all of your podcast platforms. And on Twitter, is She Gets It Pod. Uh, on mm-hmm. Twitter, it's Al Shark Tongue. Ask Greg about that. Yes, indeed. No, actually, okay. don't ask me. Don't ask me. <laughs> don't ask me. I was a hoe once upon a time. So okay. don't ask. Let me change the title for the show tonight because people be on okay. here. Yeah. Um, While I'm for, any, for anybody that is listening right now live on stereo, we are about to fuck your ears. Have you ever had your ears fucked? If not, this podcast is sponsored by Fuck Your Ears because we are about to give you some vital information. More importantly, we're going to have some questions for y'all, and we want you to answer them. Um, me, I will probably have a drink or two throughout the course of the night. So if I say something to offend you, I probably meant it. Uh, but I apologize in advance. So you can't tell me I have to say I'm sorry, because I'm not. Um, in saying that, though, Shan mm. is going to actually start opening the show. You know, she already did that at the point of us talking. But there's going to be so many controversial things that are said. You're going to feel like you're in a clubhouse. You're going to feel like you're on Twitter. Uh, more importantly, I want y'all to be the driving force on this show. So yeah. there will be a lot of voice notes. There will be a lot of conversation back and forth between us and the listeners because we have a lot of questions specifically for, you know, people who are multiracial, biracial, because this is what it's going to be. Um, Shan, do you want to take it over from here? All right, y'all. Tonight's show is called Convincing the World's you're white 
And this topic came up because Greg sent me an article and it was basically about a young girl who was of African-American descent. Was she mixed? Greg? Greg? Oh, wow. It cut, oh, it cut out again. It, it definitely cut out again. Was she mm-hmm. mixed? I, I was trying to catch it and it was like, okay, like, it just ain't gonna say nothing. I'm telling you, girl- treat me like an ex-girlfriend, man. Like, Greg, can see? you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I can hear you, but it keeps cutting out. Was the girl mixed in the article? I believe that the girl was mixed in the article. Yes. So, it, so Greg sent me an article about this girl um, that was like a teenager, and she was of a mixed uh, race and. She was predominantly around white culture, white people, and she went to school with majority white people. So she kept trying to convince herself that she was white, that she fit in, and there was no difference. But clearly there was a difference because she was being disrespected um, through her features and her looks among her white peers. And she was trying so bad to fit in she was trying so bad to um, do the things that they do, uh, carry herself in that way. And she was, the article was basically talking about the battle she had growing up um, and getting older, trying to convince white people that she was also white. When in, in fact, she wasn't, I don't feel like she was exposed to her other mm-hmm. um, side, which is her african-american black side if you are in america and you partake in those terms nobody i don't think she had enough exposure so i don't think her parent who was of a different race that was predominantly black took her around black people that looked like her or taught her how to take care of her hair i don't think she had enough of a balance of black friends or other ethnicities for her to feel comfortable in her looks and her features because realistically um, you don't want your child to ever dumb themselves down or completely ignore a huge part of who they are and um, it was three things for me that I took out of that article was one this shouldn't even be a thing if you're multiracial you shouldn't have to convince anybody that you're anything. I think it's fucking rude. And two, why do you need to prove anything to anybody about who mm-hmm. you are? And three, having no real solid ties to one specific group as far as your ethnicity is already a challenge when you're multiracial. So uh, just imagine being surrounded by only part of you and completely ignorant to the other part of you, but you look different. Your hair is different. Your body is different. Your lips are different. And then you have people around you that are supposed to be like your friends or your classmates who are making fun of you in a way where you don't even know how to defend yourself because you don't know what that sounds like or looks like. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I've heard people say things like, you know, Black people don't understand me and white people don't accept me. And it's not just one person that's told me this. It's always been a thing. Um, So when I saw the article, not only was I like really offended, like I was offended in both ways. I was offended 
one at her, but I was also offended by like all the shit that she had gone through in the article. So the article was from the Huffington Post. It's called, I spent 35 years trying to convince the world and myself that I'm white. Though I was half, the way she says, she says, though I was half black, I was hell bent on being seen as fully white. Then everything changed. Um, just right there from the article, the fact that she's still trying to convince herself while writing the article of what she is. So you live mm-hmm. your entire life not knowing. Um, your, your parents can't tell you. You can't convince your friends. You can't convince your peers and things like that. Um, if you saw the photo of this woman, you'd be like, oh, she's like a full-on white woman. Like to the point where, you know, she has the blonde hair. I mean, like, you know, like the, what do you call that? Like the salt and pepper, like the blonde and brunette type of mix. She looks like a white woman. She looks like, not she Anne like- Hathaway, but... With like thicker black people hair. Yeah, like, and the thing is, she has two sons, so she has two both ages two and four months, right? Mm-hmm. They look completely different from each other. Um, I guess her husband is a white man. A uh, white man. Yeah. Um, the kid, the boys. I guess the two-year-old looks more white than black. And then the four-month-year-old looks more black than white. So it's right. something that is going to continue going down that bloodline because of the fact that, I mean, her herself, she's half white. So right. the way it triggered me was because my daughter is biracial. She is mm-hmm. a black woman, but she still has a white mother, if that makes any sense yeah. to anybody who isn't familiar with what that means. Um, they usually tell you a drop of black and you are black. That is the mm-hmm. rule that I've applied to things, but I also acknowledge the fact that her mother is indeed white. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it's cute when they're newborns, when they're, you know, young and things like that. But reading articles like this make me question what my daughter is going to have to deal with when she's 9, 10, 11 years old. Will she feel like this? And she can't come to me or her mother separately. She has to sit down with us together and try to figure out, like, (laughs) what am I? And, you know, how come when I go to the playground, like, you know, I'm accepted by the white, you know, kids, but the black kids look at me differently. Um, You see it every day on Twitter. You see on Twitter, you know, there will be men and women alike of all races. They say things like, oh, well, you know, you you know, y'all mixed or you, you what is that word? Uh, Mutts and shit like that. How disrespectful can people be that it fucks with you? And for me being a full black man, and I'm, I'm looking at it, not in just defense of my daughter, but these are things I was thinking before. I'm like, there are a lot of our people. So let's start there. There are a lot of black people that I know that mm-hmm. have this like identity crisis when it comes to being light skin versus dark skin. Um, yeah. if, if, you're, if you're dark skin, you got to be the right dark skin. You have to be, you know, cute and dark skin. You can't just be dark skin. Um, when it comes to being white, uh, I'm sorry, not white, or like, you know, light skin, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, she light skin. She thinks she cute. Or you know, they yeah. must have good hair and, you know, light eyes because, you know, because they're light skin or because yeah. they're biracial. Here's the thing, you know, me, when, you know, my daughter came out, I will fully admit, I was honestly confused about the eye color because my wife's eyes are like very light. Mine mm-hmm. are just normal ass brown. So I was like, I'm hoping that my daughter comes out with just like regular brown eyes. And the reason why yeah. I said that was because I don't want her to live up to that stigma forever of, well, she just cute. Cause she light skin and she got, you know, she got these like green eyes and these blue eyes and shit like that. Yeah. That was something I always told myself. I'm like, yo, like 
I cannot convince myself to actually, you know, like have that conversation with my wife. She's never heard me say that. It was just something I always battled with because when I talk to friends, when I talk to people just out and about, the way that they talk about kids, it's like they are breeding. Yes. Like, oh, it's like, oh, I have to find me a man who they got to be six foot one and they got to be light skinned. They got to look like Michael Ely and shit like that. And you're like, yeah. but why? Why? And they're like, oh, well, because, you know, me, I have light brown eyes. And if I date somebody who has light brown eyes and our kids, they might have gray eyes and shit. Like, that doesn't matter. You're sexualizing your fucking children. That's just, that's not how genetics works. Genetics will completely yeah. skip the parents and pull from the great great grandparents. And that's what your child would look like. Even for me, both of my kids' dads are American raised, American born quote-unquote African-American and their background do they are they mixed uh with different ethnicities hell yeah because we know um black people's history in America so I can't be ignorant of that but at the same time when my children were born they look like they're they could possibly be um from a mixed background could be Hispanic, could be um, black somewhere, could be white. Like I've had people argue me down in public and tell me that one of my children's fathers had to be Mexican or Puerto Rican. Her father's not black. Mm. I've had, I had, especially with Aria, my three-year-old, people tell me that, oh, her dad is white. Or they'll whisper at the daycare, oh, her daddy must be white. No, her daddy is from Milwaukee. Okay? He is very black. Okay? And this is the thing, like, you don't choose the features that your kids have. You know, my their dads are not very tall, but when I look at them, I know that they're gonna be super tall. My dad was six three. Okay. Maybe they took some of his genes um within their DNA. You just never know. And so to pick people and assume that your child is going to have those features is very stupid mm-hmm. to me. And ugly people come in all races and sizes, okay? Uh, yep. Cute people come in all races and sizes, so that's very ignorant. And then for you, Greg, what I worry about, mm-hmm. because we do live in America, is, you know, your daughter growing up, and you decide to take her to the park without her mom. Mm-hmm. And because yep. she looks of a different race, and a different background, and people wouldn't automatically assume that you are her father, they're going to try to defend her by not letting mm-hmm. you walk away from a park. And that's the scary yeah. thing, to think that a Black man cannot have a mixed child and complete strangers at a park, especially women who feel like they have to defend everything all the time at the wrong mm-hmm. time, will not let you take your child from a park. And just imagine... Yeah. How many black men have a, a different race child at a park? Because I've never seen someone come to the defense of a, a child that looks black leaving with a different race. Yeah. But when it comes to a child that does not look black leaving with someone that is black, especially a man, they're guaranteed there's going to be some cops called. Yeah. Well, for me, like, I'll say this. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to just start by saying, um, People with ugly spirits historically want to have cute children. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just lay that out. 
because it, it's the yeah. truth. Think about it. Like when you when you see people on Twitter and they're talking about their likes and their dislikes and how cute a kid is and why the kid is cute, and then they compare like, oh, well, you know, at least your baby wasn't ugly, or at least this, 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 and this. I'm like, yo, you have one of the ugliest spirits. Like your spirit yeah. is just fucked up. Now, I don't know too much about the, the term vibrations and all that that, like, you know, the people on here talk about when they're very, like, spiritual. But for me, personally, when I see people do shit like that, I'm like, I know your spirit is ugly. Like, you couldn't be that, so you want that. And then, as a result, it's just vile and disgusting to see people talk about infants and toddlers and children. Yeah. Anybody who's not an adult that way. But then you have to think about it. They do the same thing with fucking adults. They're like, oh, well, you know. I can't fuck with, you know, light-skinned dude because they soft. Or, you know, I can't fuck yeah. with, you know, this girl because she's too dark-skinned. Like, but it, it only started happening because of social media. Now, somebody will fact-check me and say, oh, it's been happening for a long time. I'm sure it has. But social media for, for me, does, does make it bigger, but it's really been a, a measuring stick for the times of slavery. Um, it's been exactly. a measuring stick for, like, if you work in the fields or you work in the house, it's been a measuring mm-hmm. stick for it's still a measuring stick for if you could be the face of this company if you could be the secretary um do you have a nice voice what does your hair mm-hmm. look like? some people for jobs will tell you please send in a picture with your resume mm-hmm. well how, think about it how many people right now that are listening live on stereo or on the podcast when they drop um how many people have been told that you have a white voice or you sound white over the phone yeah. or you, you you you're perpetrating or you're putting on a front because you're around white people and you sound differently you're not putting on a show that is just what you are it's not the environment that you were brought around that is just you you don't have to go to a private school to speak proper i went to public school all my life but i know how, it's not code switching but i know for a fact when i'm around certain i won't say certain people but when i'm at work i'm going yeah. to talk like the education that I have. Now, when I'm on Twitter, when I'm on the podcast, I can talk my shit because nine times out of 10, I'm drinking or, you know, something like that. But when you know your money is on the line, you're going to act accordingly. So that's different. I'm talking about people who on like these social platforms and people out in public, you'll see people, you know, talking to their friends and stuff like that. I'm like, girl, why you say it like that? Or they're they're fact checking people by like Clubhouse, for example. On Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. everybody is all of a sudden like, you know, super proper and super, like, because they're putting on. And I know this because anybody who knows Clubhouse, you're like, okay, you don't have to do these things. Now, if you're educated, cool. You can be educated, but you can still know who you are. You don't have to start trying to use these these TI-ass words in order to make yourself sound like something that you're not. You can have three degrees and all that. But, you know, I want to just go back to the point that you were talking about, um, about being at the park and stuff like that. Me as a black man with a biracial, a black daughter, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. just being a black man taking a walk with a stroller, I'm scared. Oh, yes. And, um, I, I didn't get this. Uh, um, like, my, you know, my wife and I, we go on walks together. Cool. But one day I said, you know what? I'm going to walk the baby by myself. Um, mm-hmm. And it just ha- it happened to be a windy day. Um and we're out of town. So we're out of town. I'm walking the baby. You know, there's no sidewalk. So it's just like street, street, you know, whatever. And one of the, the neighborhood, like, police officers just drive by. And, yeah. you know, this a- this area is predominantly white. So yeah. I'm walking, you know, the baby in a stroller. And mind you, you, you know, you see the stroller and you're just like, okay, like, they're not safe. But it's, at the same time, it's just like, okay, they're just walking the kid, right? 
Yeah. But you see me, a black man walking with a fucking stroller. You slow down. You slow mm-hmm. down and you're trying like they didn't ask me any questions. They didn't pull me over or anything like that. Because at that point, it's like, all right, now you have to start dealing with like actual law type of shit. But yeah, that vibe that I got from the fact that they slowed down. And when I turned back around, they were still going slow. It wasn't like, okay, they slowed to just get around the stroller and I. They yeah. slowed down and then they continued to slow down to make sure that I wasn't doing something I had no business doing, even with the fucking stroller. So when you're talking about going to the park and stuff like that, that's what I'm scared about the most too. Yeah. It's just honestly just being around my kid in the mall going Christmas shopping when she's no longer in a stroller. And people are like, okay, well, why are you walking around with that little girl? You know, right. does she look like you? Yeah. I'm just like, what, what the fuck? Like, or, one, or why you... she becomes a teenager or a preteen. Yeah. That right there, I'm not, I'm not even mentally there yet when it comes to it because people that I've talked to, they pretty much they've been trying to put me two years ahead of where I'm ready for. When mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to being a parent, I've, I mean, when how can I put it? When my wife, we found out we were pregnant. Well, when she was pregnant, they were yeah. like, "Oh, well, make sure you got your diapers, you stock up and stuff like that." I was like, "Okay, cool," but you know, you're not ruining the experience. But now that she's like about to be six months and everything, people are preparing me for shit when she's like four or five. I was like, okay, yeah. I just enjoy right now. And they're like, well, you know when she turns four or the terrible twos. And I'm like, oh, like y'all are actually sucking the fucking fun out of being a parent. That's why I because- tell people in um, Cozy Room Podcast that the polite thing to do when people have a new baby is to shut up. And if they mm-hmm. ask for your advice or your opinion, that's when you give it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I want to hear from a couple people because, I mean, this is going to be one of those topics where I'm not going to speak much because I want to hear from experience. I want to hear people who are biracial, um, you know, in interracial relationships, people who have children who just might not just be black or white or brown. Like, mm-hmm. how do you like h- how do you deal with that? Um, the reason why is because of that article, man. Like, it's more than just you being an adult and feeling like all your life you were never like what you thought you were you know you you were never biracial i just want to hear from everybody else so i don't know if you want to start with these voicemails or not but yeah how come so many y'all using the n-word but you still want other people to use the n-word because you are offended by the n-word but you use the n-word which is then circulating the n-word that you don't want circulated supposedly nick shut up next voicemail I don't even want to get into that. Did he steal a baby? Oh my god. Somebody call the police. Somebody call the police. But that's the mindset that people will have unless something changes to be like, that's completely unnecessary. No one Mm -hmm. should have to prove that this is my child at a park. Because parents, when your child starts going to like a daycare or getting like pictures for like those holidays and stuff that'd be mad expensive. Mm-hmm. Yo, they, oh, let me, but before they, you go to the next one, uh, yeah, before you go to the next one, I'm gonna just make a really quick point. Um, everybody, you know, like they know that I'm in an interracial marriage, they already know we got an interracial baby. Um, Christmas was the hardest, it was the first hard test for us. We thought going into the mall, we can go and get like a Christmas ornament and shit like that. Um, for me, I knew better because it's like, okay, we, me as a black person, my family couldn't find black ornaments for years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So imagine now trying to go and find a family ornament with, inter, you know, an interracial family, like, you know, black dad, white mom, something like that, right? 
So my wife is like, well, is this the only kiosk that, you know, has ornaments? And she's, she's offended because she's like, you know, why aren't, you know, why aren't there black ornaments? Why aren't, I was like, you know, wife, like, these are certain things that, like, Listen, you, you deal with. Listen, why you will never find Shaniqua on a keychain or on yeah. a mag. So, like, they don't cater to that thing, which is a niche. There needs yeah. to be uh, more diverse culturally magnets, keychains, and mm-hmm. ornaments. Let's even go as far as um, the wrapping paper. There is a black company that has a black Santa Claus, black L's for wrapping paper for gifts. But the reality is this. People are more biracial than they are black with black and white with white these days. And exactly. that is exactly. Thing. And exactly. it's oh, good no, because there's an avenue for that for people but what I was saying earlier is you get an identification picture card for your kids mm-hmm. but by law you don't have to walk around with that but it sorts, it sort of feels like when it comes to um, men and their biracial kids you're, you're kind of going to want some type of ID proof that this is your child when you're out with your child until exactly. this of ignorant changes. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I want to hear these fucking voicemails. I'm, I'm sure the guy, I can see he made a couple voicemails, so I'm sure they're going to be very disrespectful. So just don't okay. get blocked, sir, because I got my itchy trigger finger, and I'm ready. <laughs> a nappy stole my baby. And I double good. Yeah, okay. Done. You're yeah. done. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I wanted to touch on something really quick because um, you, you brought it up about, you know, just like dolls and stuff like that. So not dolls, uh, you like keychains and things like that. So I want to touch on dolls. Um, having a daughter, you know, or having a kid, you get excited. You start like going into the, you know, the aisles of the store that you never went to when you didn't have kids, like the toy aisle and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how hard it was, you know, for young girls and parents of young girls to actually shop for them. Um, yeah. The baby dolls specifically, um, I'm sure now people buy them on Amazon and things like that, but But they're super talk- if you want it to be different. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first thing we did before we went to Target was, you know, I signed, you know, the baby up for American Girl. I, you know, I always told myself if I had a daughter, I would do that. Because, you know, like American Girl just seems like something that a a little girl would want. Um, They want their American Girl doll. They want to talk about it, stuff like that. Um, But then some of my friends, when I told them on Facebook, they're like, man, kids don't play with dolls anymore, blah, blah, blah. I was like, then why the, like, what the fuck do they play with? They're like like tablets. I'm like, okay, no, we're not doing that. So I go to Target and I look at the baby doll section. Um, What pissed me off the most wasn't the actual dolls that they had. It was the layout for it. So yep. all the black dolls were behind the light-skinned dolls. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there. I was like, wait a minute. Like, you know, you, you have the one light-skinned doll, but then you have 12 dark, like my complexion dolls right behind yep. them. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I was like, okay, like, did they just purposely just do this wrong? Or maybe, like, they just, all the same dolls, just put them all in a Like that, they get a CAD layout of how all mm-hmm. the product is supposed to be on the shelf. So it's the companies telling them how they would like the items laid out. Same thing with the um, 
the pictures on the box. You would never see a commercial for a toy or the box photo of a toy to be anything of a other race of a um, person other than a white baby doll. Mm-hmm. You, unless you're predominantly a black company that's selling dolls, because I had to go to a dollar. I had to go to a dollar store to find a ten dollar um, inexpensive Barbie that had the kind of hair that was curly and puffy like my daughter's hair for them to have a Barbie that kind of looked like them. And it's not made the best because they are still struggling to get the funding for their company to put it into their product. Unlike a company like Barbie. And you would think Barbie would have more dolls that are more diverse with different kind of hair and they don't. Yeah, I just... This is like really heavy to talk about. Uh, I'm I'm sure somebody else that's listening, they're probably like, how in the fuck are you, you know, two black people talking about a topic like convincing the world that you're white. Here's the thing. We're not trying to convince our, you know, our world and you guys that we're white. We ain't. The yeah. issue is there are people that are us and they're trying yeah. to convince the world that they are white. And yes, yeah. you may have white in you, but you also are something else. Right. There's nothing wrong with being something else. This, this is why I really struggle with people saying, yay, we have a black president. No, mm-hmm. Obama is biracial. We have a biracial president. Mm. Okay, because he cannot annihilate the fact that his mother is not black. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, yeah. I, I, and, and saying now we have a black president really doesn't put a dent in our problems. So why is that the first thing that you want to say? Because America really finds comfort in what a person looks like to represent what they're doing, saying, and and wanting. And we have to stop that. And we have to start seeing people's character and the actions and what they're doing, regardless of color, um, for whoever as human beings. Because I think the whole society hanging on to the 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 thread of we now have a black president i feel Mm -hmm. like black people got laxed in policies and shit that needed to get done Mm -hmm. and i think that glorified obama because he was of a biracial background but when you see him you see a black man and they got all lost in it and Mm -hmm. they assumed everything was going to be great and dandy because it looks like we got a black man in the White House when really shit got really ugly because people are pissed off that this is the representation of America for those years. Yeah, which which is so it's so crazy. Um, like right now with the social climate that's going on in the world, um, you have a lot of divide, you know, racially, but more importantly, you have a lot right now, at least with the capital situation. <clears throat> Do you hear this? Do you hear this silence? Yes, this is a space where your ad could be played about your product, where your ad could be played about your business, about your show, because I believe we can all be great on different shows and platforms. So if you're looking for ad space right now, your ad could be playing here instead of me talking and instead of this silence. So next time, When I do an episode 
and you want to promote your show, your business, or your services, hit me up at shegetsitpod at gmail.com. Now back to my show. Back to my show. Don't say I never gave y'all anything. I'm giving you the space to be great. And the racism that came beyond, you know, even beyond that. Um, there are a lot of races. There are a lot of white men and women and people that mm-hmm. absolutely hate black. They, they hate that. Mm-hmm. My issue with this is usually that same group of people who hate black people, they have biracial grandchildren. Yeah. They have biracial children. They have biracial family members. Um, I'm going I'm to read a part of this article because the way that she described her family in this article, the first thing I thought was there has to be at least one in that family who just, I won't say they're racist, but they just don't have a fucking clue what she's going through. Because if they had a clue, she wouldn't be going through this. She would not be on Huffington Post making this article. So she said, I had spent nearly two decades as a girl who was half black, but hell bent on being seen as fully white. From exactly my hardly white America, there was a minimum threshold that a human had to meet before the rest of the society even considered whether the person could be cute, beautiful, sexy, professional, and successful. And that mm. threshold was white. The way I saw it and the way the world made me see it, if you didn't look white, well, then you better hope to have had some super talent at something that white America valued. Um, that I think that's how a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. But especially when it becomes like, you know, an interracial thing or a biracial thing or anybody who's just not white. This isn't a knock on white people for anybody who is listening and is white. This is not a knock on you. Do not get offended. You need to hear it. Um, one of your own, someone who is biracial is saying like that's how they felt to be included in your mix. They had to be you. Like when I say be you, they had to actually form into a white person knowing that they were biracial. So this this woman went, you know, she went to Syracuse, uh, Syracuse University. She went and straightened her hair. Her hair is naturally curly. All her baby pictures, hair is curly. Um, but what pissed me off the most is the fact that her family, she was adopted at birth by her white parents who went on to adopt her white sister and her four black brothers. Not mm. once did she say in this entire fucking article, a discussion was had about who y'all are, why y'all aren't us, and more importantly, like, we have four black, you have four black brothers and one white sister, but there was no sit down saying, you know what, here's the differences between you two, uh, I'm sorry, you all rather, and this is why you are special. You're not different, you're special, and you should be appreciated, but don't forget who you are. So she grew up her entire fucking life in a multiracial home, and she still ended up like this. This so is why said, my it's your responsibility okay. when it comes to adoption, and it's such a... um a scary thing to raise a child that's clearly a different culture background and racial background um, than you and to completely um, ignore it. Okay. Because you're going to leave a lot Mm -hmm. of room for difference. And I have a lot of biracial cousins and nieces and nephews and um they all had to deal with some level of racism from grandparents from uh parents and 
they still stuck to like this is my family I'm going to do what's best for my family and if I have to move from being around you I'm going to move from that and the racism is not only from white people the racism Mm -hmm. is from Asians is from sometimes um, a lot of times uh, Indians um, from India when they come here and they have businesses and they automatically assume if you make any um, certain movements in their store you're stealing or you're thinking about stealing or you look like you steal or I saw a lady come in that was short and she was black and I think it's you so I'm going to assume it was you so I want you to leave my store and it's that ignorance that we have to stand up and say something because they do not shop at their businesses in our communities we do so if yep. you're racist to the people that you want to purchase your products so you can keep your business afloat then we need to have a discussion and if you don't want to have Mm -hmm. a discussion about how you're racist and unjust about the people that shop at your store we have to stop shopping there Mm. Mm. because because when it comes to our our kids and the, the kids at the school if if they are not having a conversation with their kids, whatever their kids are assuming is right, they're going to tell your kids when you send your kids to school. And as a black person being around majority white kids all the time and not seeing yourself, that's rough in itself. You need to see reflections of yourself in other people. You can't be going to school and focus on being a all around good student or individual when you're constantly being scrutinized about why your hair is like that, why your nose is like that, why your skin is like that, why your um, lips are like that. You know, what mm-hmm. what, do your, what do the people around you describe you as? You're going to start to internalize mm-hmm. that, okay? And, you know, are mm-hmm. you ignorant to one side of who you are? And there are some predominantly Black people who are so mind-warped to assume that they are not who they are in the mirror. They have no connection to any type of African-American descent. They are this because they say that they are this. And there are people from a Caribbean um, life and and culture, my culture, my family, um, older folks even now that can go on the internet and see that these things are not healthy who are still bleaching their skin because they feel like light skin is better than dark skin. Yeah. And yeah. I still, <laughs> I, I still, um, one more thing, I still as a mom at 33, when I take my kids to a bookstore, when I take them to a library, and when I take them to the store, people assume that I'm their, their nanny or um, their babysitter because my skin is not like theirs. My hair is not like theirs. Mm. It's it's different levels of disrespect when it comes to skin color, hair, and features that children all across the board, I don't care if you're biracial or not, have to deal with, but there's an appropriate way to ask, you know, where are you from? Where is your family from? Your child's hair is beautiful, or you, Mm -hmm. you look like a family. You don't have to be ignorant to and be like, is your mom white? Is your dad white? Is this your mom? Oh, who did your hair? Or oh, it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, 
a way to do it, and a lot of people do it in a condescending way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, like you know, my entire life, like my hair when I had enough hair, because you know now I'm you know a parent shit like that. I ain't got the length of hair I used to. Uh, but yeah. my daughter hair is different. When I say different, that shit is different. Yeah, that thing um, look like tiny wig, honey. <laughs> exactly, and you, you know she she's going to have to deal with that shit. You know, oh, yeah. it's going to be from her own people. She's going to be at school, and there's going to be some little kid that is hating. Um, because instead of saying, you know what, I want to be friends with that little girl, I'm going yeah. to try to pick on that little girl because her hair is cute. Um, yeah. She looks, she's light skinned. These are things that you know our kids are going to have to grow up with. Uh, that's why you have shows like uh, what was the um the show with the I forgot what it was. It was like the bullying show that was on Netflix. Um, was it like Thirteen Reasons Why? Something like that. All, yeah. all those shows, all the stuff that happens, um, the suicide rates and things like that is because. Most of the people who end up being bullied in these situations, it's because of, like, you know, other people just hating them. And they don't understand them. But a lot of the people that are bullied and tortured and things like that, the reason why they're bullied, well, not the reason why, but why they're being bullied is because they don't know how to interact back with them. They don't know how to say, you know what, this is what I am. I am Black, but I am also white. And you end up having that situation like that article where that girl... I guess the way that she wanted to phrase it is, yes, I am a white woman, but I am majorly black. No, you are a black woman or a biracial woman, if you want to call it that, and you have both white and black in you. Because the entire fucking article, and I'm sorry, I keep harping on it, was the fact that she said white more than she said black. And when she acknowledged black, it was always, I'm half black. But when she mentioned white, it was, I'm white. It's like, so it it can't be both. You are either fault though because she majority she was submerged in whiteness yeah and, i feel you like know if she had the balanced amount of blackness she would claim it proudly and confidently as she did white and that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to have that balance you, you, I, i'm probably prejudging here um i'm going to assume allegedly um the reason why she had so much hate and vitriol in that article and why she was so confused wasn't because she didn't know how to interact with white people or black people because she does that very well she speaks Mm -hmm. like uh, a a true champ Mm -hmm. but for her i think it was the fact that she was adopted she knew for a fact that her family you know was both white and black and they gave up on her and when they gave up on her she instead of saying you know what both parents gave up on me she defaulted to the black side of it. That, that's just me personally guessing. Because whenever you see stuff like that, it's like, oh, this kid is put up for adoption, something like that. We're instantly thinking, oh, well, they're black. or And even if they're white, they're like, the only reason that they did it was because of something. That's something that white people get. They get the, you know, the right of passage of, oh, well, you know, you, you put your kid up for adoption. Oh, well, that must mean that you didn't, you know, you had too many things going on in your world. And, you know, you, you didn't have anybody to help you. But if a black woman was to say the same thing, it's, oh, well, you just didn't want to take care of them. And there's that difference to me personally. It's always a double, double stipulation, especially, like, if a black person is an addict, you know, lock them mm-hmm. up. Well, they're horrible. They're horrible yeah. people. They're scum. But if it's a white person that's an addict, let's get them all the help. Let's send them to rehab. No time in jail. Forget their crimes and just, like, focus on them being a better person because they're going through something. There's always that double stipulation. I think if 
a black family adopted her, she would not have those issues growing up. Mm-hmm. Because she would have the proper... <laughs> I think when when it comes to anybody having a biracial child, um, how you make sure that your child is confident and, and comfortable are through these five E's. The first one mm-hmm. would be to their culture. The second one would be experiences of being immersed in their culture or being around people or seeing other Black people um, talk to each other or um, just take them and travel with them, have explanations for things. The third thing would be examples of, you know, this is what you wore when you were this age. This is who your grandfather is. This is who your aunt is. This is who your cousins is. The fourth thing will be explanations on why your nose is like this. Who in history had a nose like this? Who in history had hair like this? Mm-hmm. Why my hair? Let me Google how I do my hair. What products do I use? I can't go in this aisle and get infusium in my hair. I need something thicker. I need a thicker conditioner. I can't use this amount of conditioner in my hair. I need more than just a dab of conditioner in my hair. I can't wash my hair every day. All of that is important to who a woman or a a son becomes as they get older. And lastly, education. You have to stop saying, I don't see color. Everybody sees color unless you are colorblind and you don't see mm-hmm. all the colors but every everybody sees color stop saying you don't see color because you don't want to talk about racism yeah yeah the people every time i hear somebody say they don't see color it's because they're picking a side for the moment it, it's the equivalent of when people say you know what if obama could have went, ran for president a third time i would have voted for him it's that type of shit for me um obviously i'm not like everybody else but that's just how i personally see things when people like oh well you know you you know black people they can be racist too i'm like can, can you explain it to me can you explain how well, black people can't they never we can prejudice. we can say all all white people are the same all asian people are the same i don't want to talk to them i don't want to deal with them we could do that but we can't be racist mm-hmm. because we have a constitution that is built on racism moving a whole country on how they make laws policies and how they treat us in the public eye, and how we are described when when suspects are involved. Bingo. Bingo. I, I, I really want to hear from some people, man. Like, honestly, I want some questions. I want more questions and, you know, stories. Because right now, you and I, we can talk to a blue in the face about this. Um, you know how I feel about it. You know my stance on it. And I'm sure you have your stances as well. But anybody who is listening, like, I, I want to hear from y'all. How do y'all feel about this? Um, more important, just like just speak, cause th- this shit is so touchy. And I know we're about to go into like a whole year full of like bullshit coming from like 2020 with even more, you know, bullshit that happened then. But things like this article, the discussion of convincing the world that you're white, have you ever had to be put in a position where you had to convince the world that you weren't what you are, that you weren't black? Like, did you have to put on the voice to talk to the Verizon lady in order to get better service? Did you have to, you know, talk proper or if somebody has ever said, why are you talking this way? Like that is considered convincing the world that you're white when you're not. So I want to hear from y'all. Like, please leave us some voice notes. I think we got some. If you want to play them, Shane. Okay. Hey, yo, for real. 
baby girl got the smoothest lace front wig I've ever seen, son. <laughs> Listen, I got this on her hair first, okay? I'm going to support that wig, okay? This going to be a nice Yo, cute I don't know what. I don't know where the fuck that hair comes from. I'll be sitting there sometimes and I'll be like looking at her. I'm like, oh, like, is this my baby? It better be my baby because she got my eyes. She got my eyebrows. But this hair, we, we got, I told her, I was like, yo, I don't know how to braid that shit. Like, I know how to braid regular hair. But this baby hair, I'm like, yo, you might be in a ponytail until you're like 26 and can do it yourself or something. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think black people can be um, racist. Black people can be prejudiced. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. But full on racism, hate somebody because of the color of their skin. No, we might, you know, judging people, absolutely. But after being judged you know i'm 30 years old i've been judged i've grown up in white neighborhoods i live in a white neighborhood right now i am from alabama you know i've experienced some shit okay prejudice can happen but i don't think black people could be racist right absolutely agree i i I, I just think that if you have a child that is biracial or is not being raised by both of their um parents who are of different races you have to get family involved that looks like them sounds like them mm-hmm. and talk to them about who they are you have to go on playmate dates who with people from that ethnicity so mm-hmm. you can broaden your 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 knowledge of how to do your child's hair how to you know moisturize their skin what products to put on them how to uh, take care of them medically because different ethnicities have different diseases because our genes and our DNA is completely different, okay? So you can't be ignorant to the child that you are raising. And you have to travel with your kids. You cannot be like, okay, I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx. I was raised in the Bronx. My children could be raised in the Bronx. We're not moving nowhere. We're not traveling nowhere. We don't need to see anybody. This is what the world is. That is not what the world is. And when you travel and you take your kids with you, they'll be less ignorant. Okay? You have to read to your kids about different cultures. You have to let them try different foods. Yeah, no, nobody's like you have to obviously culture you have to culture your kids that like you're saying you definitely have to culture your kids um i didn't think of half the things we're talking about now until your show until you know cozy womb and more importantly just talking to you as a parent i went into this being like you know what i love the woman i love we're gonna have a kid cool um yeah. then little little stuff started to like swirl around the toilet bowl and it's like okay like what like what hair products is my baby gonna have to use um just because you know just because she's biracial or interracial, you know, whatever, like, because of the fact that she's a black woman, but she's light-skinned, like, she's still got to use lotion. Um, She's not going to use just regular, regular, like, lotion. She's going to be using, like, cocoa butter, some shit like that, because that's something that I know. Now, somebody's going to be like, well, why she got to do things because you're black? Why can't she do things because her mom is white, right? And that, that could be fair. That could be true. But also, her mom can do certain things that she cannot do. Like, her mom can literally get out of the shower and air dry. She can go and do shit like put certain chemicals and stuff in her hair that my daughter cannot. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something that, you know, it's a black or white thing. I just know for a fact her, she can't do it because yeah. I can't do it. And half of her genes are in me. Um, same thing with like allergies and things. All that stuff like ties in. Right. But j- just like over the course of, you know, 
obviously the clubhouse situations that you and I talk about, the article that, you know, we talk about, but just like in general, the, the fact that I get really upset about it, it's because of my daughter. I'm like, okay, if I'm upset about this shit mm-hmm. and I know I'm upset, not only because of my daughter, how the fuck is she going to like navigate through that now? Like how is she going to navigate through people just hating her because she's light skinned or hating her because her mom is white? Um, how are they going to, how is she going to answer that more so? Because she's going to have to start early. Like she's not going to have to be like, you know, a white person in the aspect of, hey, I'm white and I'm cool. I can go with my white friends. I can go to the playground with my white friends. There's always going to be an explanation as to, hey, is your dad black? Or, hey, is your mom white? Um, what race are your parents? And, you know, even like with the hair thing, like you and I, we all know like the hair, it, it definitely looks like a fucking wig. But people are like, oh, can I touch your hair? Like, and she's going to deal with that forever. So I guess like I, I kind of set her up for, you know, I set her up for that for sure. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I definitely have to apologize listen, for that. But... Listen, I deal with that in my house and no one in here is uh first generation biracial and i say mm-hmm. it like because if you if your family was predominantly born and raised here or their other parent was born and raised in america there was someone sleeping with someone that produced a child that was biracial at some point so who mm-hmm. is actually all the way African born and raised in America, nobody. Who is exactly yeah. all the way white, born and raised in America, nobody. And and it goes on and on and on with other ethnicities and we have to stop being ignorant to that. But even for me, yeah. I spend hundreds of dollars every three to six months on hair product because all of my children's hair is different. My hair is different from their mm-hmm. hair. Anya's hair is different. Aria's hair is different. And I have to spend that money on product. And a lot of it is hit or miss. So yes, Greg, you and your wife are going to go through a phase of trying a product, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Trying this, this yep. doesn't work. But when you do find a product that works on your child's hair, that's what works. That's what I use. And I don't have anything to prove to anybody on mm-hmm. why I use in my child's hair and I think it is going to be really beneficial for your family to also talk to your wife about how to do her hair and do it in a respectful manner and vice versa because I feel like the more people are knowledgeable about other people the better that they'll be it's not about one being more important and the other not she has to equally have the balance of you know, teach me this so I could teach you this. Mm-hmm. So, so but- let me ask you. Um, when it comes to, I guess, like to tie the whole topic in about convincing the world that you're white, are we really convincing the world that we're white, or are we just convincing white people that you're, you know, that you're white? It's it's the world because <clears throat> white pe- uh uh black people are just as ignorant as white people sometimes about what you look like because when you're multiracial you don't get to pick if your hair is going to be straight or curly or puffy you don't get to pick if your skin is going to be light or semi-brown or toasty looking you don't get to pick if your hair is going to be long or short you don't get to pick if your lips are going to be full or thin you just don't get to pick 
But what we all have to do is be able to talk to both families about their history. Be transparent. If your child wants to ask you, why do I look like this? Why isn't my hair like, you know, Sarah's hair or Samantha's hair? Or, you know, why can't I do this? Or can I say the N-word? That's a whole discussion. Mm. Thing. Um, you, you don't have to you don't have to agree to be half of anything. You can just tell people that mm-hmm. I am a human being and my parents happen to be this. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't know yeah. the other parent, there's nobody telling you that you can't get to know someone that was of the same ethnicity as your actual parent. It could be a complete stranger. It could be a mentor. It could be um, your best friend to teach you about your culture. You know what I'm saying? You can talk um, to the people that you love and the people that love your child about what about your child that they love that makes them so different. I love your nose. I love your hair. I'm, even for me, as a mom, I'm always having to pull one of my kids aside or tell them both and while they're in the same room that I love this about you, Arya, or I love this about you, Anya, because sometimes kids can automatically develop a self a self hate because they feel like you know i wish my hair was straight everybody with curly hair always wish that their hair was straight everybody with straight hair mm. always wish that their hair is curly that is just a fight when you're a girl that you have all your life for me i always wish that my hair was thinner and just straight and i really didn't have to do anything about it but the reality is when my when I grow my hair longer, I've had my hair long and a mohawk completely off down the middle of my back. It's a process. If I wash my hair, I know mm. I need four hours to get my hair to be able to do what I wanted to do so I could go outside. If mm. if a child that is predominantly white and has two Anglo-Saxon parents, scientific, mm. I can wash her hair. I can blow dry it and we can be out the door within 20 minutes. For Arya's hair, I can wash Arya's hair, condition it, dry it, and be out the house in 15 minutes. For Anya's hair, I need an hour. And that's just the reality of it. We are all different, but we cannot be ignorant to what a child is and what a child sees. And we have to be open to having those discussions. Who in America is 100% of one ethnicity? Nobody, unless you, both of your parents yep. came to Africa yesterday and you were raised in Africa and you just happened to come here for school and you haven't had kids yet. And then if you do have kids, you are purposely sourcing out someone who has both full 100% African parents and is African descent. That is the only mm. way. And I'm not saying you can't do it. You can, but it's going to be like a needle in the haystack. Yep. That shit is crazy, man. Like, I, I know, like, with everything going on, and people who are in here, they're like, oh my God, it's another, it's a, it's a talk about race, and it's a talk about this and that and the third. It's like, everybody's asking the wrong and doing the wrong discussions that I've seen, at least on when I hear people, well, you know, do black people hate us? I'm like, no, we don't hate y'all. Like, it's, it's not about you, it's not about us. It's the fact that, like, why? Like, why are we even having to, give you the obvious so when we're talking about convincing the world that you're white you don't have to like for me personally i don't want people to have to convince you of what the fuck you are 
Because convincing means you actually had to talk it through to somebody who you should just be able to say, hey, you know what? I have a white mom, a black dad, so I'm biracial. And it shouldn't right. be that simple. It shouldn't be a, you know, a questionnaire that comes after it. Or, you know, you don't have to feel when you leave that conversation, like, you know what? Am I white enough? Am I black enough? Like, what, what did I say? What did I do to convince them that I wasn't who I am? Like, it's not, you're not doing identity theft because you are you. Right. And I, I know I keep harping on that article. I'm sorry. Like, it, it hurt me so bad because I was reading the article as I was holding the baby. So I'm, like, reading this article. I was like, let me send this shit to Shan because I wanted to go that night. I wanted to show, like, that day because I was so frustrated. So I'm glad that, like, we took some time off to not talk about it because mm-hmm. now for the rest of my life, I got to deal with, you know, I'm sorry. Like, that sounded wrong. Um, for the rest of my life and my child's life, like, I have to explain to her that, you know what, no matter what people say about you, you are who you are, and yeah. there's nothing that they can do about it, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And yeah. I, I just don't want her to do things that I've seen recently that I own, when I say I own people, talking about like black people have done to try to make themselves white. Like, um, who, who was it? Um, like, Summer Walker. Remember, like, she did the whole thing with, you know, she got her nose surgery and things yeah. like that. And this is recent. In recent times, we've had our race try to go and look like white women or, in this case, Armenian women, like the Kardashians and shit like that. Because we and the talk Kardashians about men, we look like black women. Yeah, but that's what that's what's so scary is the fact that like you know we have us men who we go and we tell women the things that we like and the things that we want. And they go and actually go to do these things. They want to go get these big, like, elephant trunk asses. They want to have small noses. It's like, oh, you're, you're, the rest of your face is not proportioned for your nose. You cannot fucking breathe with that new nose. That nose, it's not even the nose. It's the bone. It's the structure for your nose now because you chopped it off. Like, you, you have to go and be something that you're not. And here's the thing. You do it, and they still won't accept you because now your own people won't accept you, and then the person that you did it for don't care. They just look at you like you fucking foolish. Think about how many women right now they spent, you know, they took out loans. They went and got these big, these really big fucking asses. And they can't maintain that shit. So they got to keep going and getting surgery after surgery and all this other stupid shit. And it was because they were trying to convince the world that, you know what? My little butt didn't matter. You know, I, I want a big butt. Why? You, you still going to shit out of that shitter the same way you've always shit. So why do you need that big old butt? No, I'm sorry. I actually said the word shoulda. That probably is the first time I've ever said the word shoulda. Jesus. <laughs> this is how old I am. I said shoulda on a podcast. I said shoulda on a goddamn podcast. Good, good, good grief. But I guess, you know, uh, a long story less long. Me, when I see things like this about convincing, I'm like, I, I just don't want my daughter, at least, to have to feel like she has to convince people that she's white. Because you could just say, you know what? I'm me. I'm biracial. I'm, you know, I'm black, but I got a white mom. Or honestly, just don't say anything. You don't have to explain nothing to these motherfuckers. Call daddy. I will shoot him. I'm I'm completely fine with doing this shit. I'll go to jail for the baby. I will do that. Mm -hmm. What we're not doing is convincing people that you're white. Yo, that lady upset me so fucking much in that article, man. So much. I get it. She was adopted. And, you know, she had four black brothers. Not one of them said, you know what? It's okay to be black. We black too. Mm-hmm. 
But you, you, you know, at not one one point in that article though, Shane. At one point in that article, her white sister, she never mentioned her. So you know because, what? My, my white the, sister and I, we get along. Most of the time, white people don't feel like it's their job to make sure that you are mm-hmm. comfortable in the skin that you're in. Because they mm-hmm. never had to ever deal with being uncomfortable in white skin. Unless a white person predominantly goes to a all-black school, which does happen, mm-hmm. and and you'll find other black people who are mad that this white person knows slang, knows how to carry themselves in a quote-unquote black way, and talks like that, and they're offended. But can you actually be offended if this person grew up in this community, went to elementary mm-hmm. school, college, and this is who they were around. They're going to talk like that. So people just mm-hmm. have to be ignorant on both sides because society will yep. judge you no matter what. You just have to make yeah. sure that your child is comfortable in their skin. And for you, Greg, with your wife, something that you're, you're going to have to discuss with your daughter at a certain point is what are you putting on the paper when, I, when she fills out forms? What does she put mm. on the paper? Because not every document gives you the option of other or multiracial. When I went to go purchase my gun, it has white, black, Asian, Hispanic. That's it. Mm. That's it. And you have mm. to pick. So so it's just stupid to me that we're still marking race through color for white or black. And then everybody starts having like their ethnicity. White and black is not mm-hmm. an ethnic, but white and black yeah. is controversial that nobody wants to get into the the problem of the fact that white and black is only described for white and black people in America. When you go outside of America and black people from different places actually where you're from and you say mm-hmm. black, they're going to laugh at you because they think yep. that you don't who you are you have to say mm-hmm. oh my parents are Jamaican or my parents are from Ghana or my parents are from whatever like they expect for you to know your heritage and your culture you cannot say black no. outside of the United States because you look like a fucking fool Mm-mm. Mm-mm. which is crazy like you know I went on the job interview this was maybe like two or three years ago I was really pissed off at my job and one of the one of the guys that was there, he was trying to fill out his like thing as well, and he said something to me and I've never forgot it to this day. He, he was I want to say he was like biracial as well. Um, I just didn't want to question him, so he says he was like, "Yo, I don't know what to fill in for the racial box," and then the receptionist she goes and she says this. She says that other gets you in the door, white gets you the offer. Mm. Once she said, I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, mind you, I'm in there to get a job. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. What? So when she repeated, because you know how some people are in their work, like they just who they are naturally. So imagine the black receptionist. She says, other gets you in the door, mm-hmm. but white gets you the offer. And the only reason she would know that is because you're the first person she sees. 
she, she's, she's pretty much the face of the office as a black woman, but she even knows when they have those interviews and you're coming in there for that interview, if you're white, you pretty much got the job. But if you mark down others, they're going to be looking at you like, hey, uh, good luck on that callback. Listen, let me that tell you something. Bogus, man. My name, my name, when you Google my name, you'll see a whole bunch of Russian white. So when I put my name on my resume, I feel like with my credentials and everything, that's what gets me those callbacks for an interview. No one ever mm-hmm. gets to know if I'm black or not until I step into that interview. And a lot of companies, especially if they want to get grants and awards at the end of the year, is how diverse that company is. So sometimes Mm. when you see them hire a bunch of Asian people or a bunch of Indian people or a bunch of Black Mm. people, it's because they're trying to do a checkoff list to be a part of this group at the end of the year for this company because this is a great place to work because we're very diverse. But when it comes to your your um, raises and when it comes to you getting in leadership positions, they will skip your mm-hmm. ass. They will Absolutely. skip for the person that they just hired two months ago because that looks like that's right for our company. They look like mm-hmm. they represent our company better than someone of a different race and this happens all the time mm-hmm. so that's why on on uh applications they say what is your ethnicity because they're looking at their percentage of asians blacks whites whoever they're trying to hire do we qualify do we have enough of a balanced percentage if we don't let's go ahead and bring somebody in it's mm-hmm. not because, That's because you could do the job. Yeah. Like, for me, like, I've, I've worked at plenty of jobs. And, you know, I've even worked some temp jobs. And one of the temp jobs I worked at, um, it, it was just really weird because it was a mailroom job. It was just standard mailroom. You deliver this package. You deliver the mail. You do FedEx, UPS, shit like that, right? Um, the the guy, I'll never forget him to this day. He's probably one of the, the inspirations for me. So he absolutely hated when people called it the mailroom. I can't remember exactly what he called it, but he had to fight with management over the fact that it was called the mailroom. So I asked him, I was like, what is wrong with it being called what it is? What, you know, which is the was like, when you think of the word mailroom, you think about it being the black job. And I was like, what do you mean the black job? Now, mind you, a black man is telling me about that and I didn't even know it. But then I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Every other place I've been to, like when I look at the mailroom, it's usually you know black men around my age, mm-hmm. and there's no there's no growth there. It's you're no. at the ceiling. You, you are there. Like there is no you know mailroom clerk too. There is no administrative you know executive mailroom guy. There, there is right. none of that shit. You it, you're pretty much mail guy. And if you try to go and grow from within, you're always looked at as well. We threw him a bone because you know what he made the right connections in the office. Yeah. And what one of the guys that was working with me at that time, he the only reason he got up because he told them that he no longer wanted to work in the mailroom because he didn't want to be seen as just like the mail guy, and mm-hmm. it it offended the rest of the mailroom team to the point where they didn't they stopped talking to him because they were like, wait a minute, like you made the connections with the rest of the company and and you know there was a job post and you went and got it, 
he was like, I had to pick between my salary and my friendships. And I was like, were you? That is a whole nother show, Greg. That is the crab in the barrel effect. When when people that look like you get mad because you want better and they feel like you're shitting on them because you want better. That's not what we're doing. But we have to get to a point where some of us just want a job. Some of us just mm-hmm. want And some people that look like you want to elevate out of just having this because they know there's more to life to have this. And this is what I'm willing to work for and this is what I want. And screw whoever makes you feel bad for wanting something more. Yo, now, I, I, know, I know we got to get to the voicemails. I know we got to get to the voicemails. I just wanted to lightly touch on this, and maybe, you know, so, you know people will have voicemails about it. Um, the whole $15 an hour thing. Um, I saw more of our people mad about $15 an hour saying that. It, it, why? Um, why are we taking $15 an hour? Why aren't we getting more? More importantly, like, just, just arguing about shit. There was a dude that we talked about in Clubhouse who was like, you know what, if, you know, him as an Amazon package worker, you know, he sees somebody that is, you know, regardless of the race, they're making $15 an hour. They don't deserve that for flipping burgers and shit like that. And I was like, wait a minute, like, yo, it'd be our own people. It'd be us. <laughs> because nobody... If I see a black person at McDonald's and they flipping burgers, they can't make no. the same amount that I make packaging shit up at Amazon. I'm like, well, what that's the so pick up their food. They will go pick up their food from the person that they're cussing out and treating badly and thinking nothing's going to be wrong with their food. I don't do that. Exactly. This tripped me out because here's the thing. Then, you know, I felt like an asshole because when he said that tweet, I typed out my response and I left it as a draft because I was like, you know what? I just, I don't want that energy. So when he had said, you know, me, I work at the Amazon regional office and, you know, I'm getting more for making packages and stuff like that. So I was like, wait a minute. So you put the shit in the box and then you take the shit that's in the box, you tape up the box, and then you put the shit on a shelf or whatever, and that's that. But you're saying that your job is more important than somebody that got to stand in front of people with attitudes all fucking day because you this- put a pickle on their sandwich. You're, you are saying you're more important than people who honestly, like, the reason why they're working is because they have no fucking place to work. I went to Costco. I went to Costco two days ago, and there was a white guy that I know for a fact I've seen him before. Like, I've seen him in a suit. And when I say in a suit, meaning like I was downtown DC and I knew for a fact he was going, he had a job and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And to see him at Costco, I was like, okay, he must've lost his job during the pandemic and things like that. So we started to chop it up. So I asked him, I was like, you know, how, you know, how are things going? And he says, you know, everything is good. He was like, he lost his job obviously through the pandemic, but he was like, you know what? Like, I don't feel so bad. He was like, this actually gave me what I needed. I needed a reset. And this works out for me. He was like, my family is still getting everything that they've got when I worked at my job. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And he was like, more importantly, I have more free time for them. And I was like, oh, shit. The fact, the fact that he spoke that up, I was like, Yo, I will never, I will never talk shit about anybody who works in the service industry and customer service and that like that. Because honestly, like, it doesn't matter how much they make. As long as they can do whatever the fuck they do and pay those bills, I'm cool. So I was pissed off looking at that tweet later on that evening when homeboy was like, yo, like service workers shouldn't be making $15 an hour. He even said they should only make $7.50. What the fuck can you do with $7.50? Nothing. $7.50? Let me explain to you. My Chipotle bowl is $9 before the guacamole. Listen. $7.50? Come on, man. Come on. Nothing. 
Oh, look at look at that! I, I don't said too much. Goddamn voicemails. Mm-hmm. Google guy got poop myself. Hey, go away. Mm-hmm. Yo, I got a question. Does mm-hmm. the darkness of your skin define your blackness? Because being a light skinned brother that I am, mm-hmm. I, man, it's it'd be a struggle sometimes, man. Like people ask you, like, yo, are you? Are you 100% black? Or, oh, <laughs> nigga, you can't fight. And all, just, just you know, you know the stereotypes, man. So, what do y'all think, man? Yeah. Like, does your skin color define your blackness? And that's that's what it is. And and I think as black people, we have to stop with that, too. Because that does cut people. Because for, for one of my um, kids' dads, um, jokingly, like, we, were, we might, like, joan on each other. And, you know, he want to, like, hit play and we'll hit play. And then I, when I do it back, he'll be like, all right, all right, stop. I'm just like, why are you acting so, like, light-skinned? And he was like, man, I ain't light-skinned. And he get really offended, really offended. But the thing is, like, I'm not saying it as in I feel like that's a thing. I'm saying it just in a joking way. But sometimes when people grow up always being teased, for being a certain type of color while being black, they 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 feel like they have to do more or they have to go harder. And I have to watch myself because I don't want my girls to be like for some some other kids to be like, "What are you? You're not black. Your mm-hmm. mom not black. Yep. Or that's your mom or that's your dad. They don't even look like you." A lot of people for me, they'll they'll especially when I just had them, they would say. Kids are beautiful. Mm. Is it that? Is it that white? I said no. Mm. Mm, I I know you mad because they look like their dad. No, I'm not mm. mad because I know who I was having sex with. I took on the responsibility of what those features may look like, and I made a decision to have children with this person. So I'm not mad that they look like their fathers. Like that is not something to be offended about and that is something internally that all black people have to figure out why they feel that way about themselves and why they feel that way about other black people because we can't be fighting to be equal with other races mm-hmm. while fighting to be equal among our own race that's dumb bingo bingo but play your Oh, even more voicemails. Jesus. Play them. I mean, truth be told, whether your child is biracial or not, you have to explain that. So that's not like something that comes just solely because your child is biracial. The yeah. truth is, is that the racism exists solely because we still have to have conversations where we explain. Hey, well, listen, you're black and you're white it, because people, your child never truly feels accepted. That, and that's, I'm not a biracial, I don't have a, I'm a full black family. Husband's black, my daughter's a black. Um, it, but even my daughters, they're two different complexions. I have sisters, we're all different complexions, you know? And it's, it's no matter the race, it doesn't matter. You'll always find yourself explaining these things to your children as they're growing. This is how confidence is built. You have to make sure that you're reinforcing the things about them that, you know, is beautiful or unique or just like everybody else. It's, it just naturally, it's going to be a part of life.
Exactly. I agree with that. Hey, uh, <laughs> this nigga just said shitter. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Greg, Look, I'm sorry. That that was funny as shit though. Because even I stopped myself. I was like, did I just say shitter? I, I just said shitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I fill out one form or something like that, and it asks me that question, I don't answer it. I leave it blank. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Unless you have That's a good way to do it. Unless you have one of those computer forms that be like, you missed the question. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I hate when the applications say this is optional. But it's not optional because if I don't do it right here, when you hire me, you're going to automatically do it. Yeah. But here's the thing. What what if in a small case, me being a dark skinned black man, I just say, you know what? I wanted to check white. Because I wanted to see if I was going to get the interview just because I was white. And you then can't check because can't nobody tell you you're not white. Exactly. Because, I mean, they did that a few years. Didn't they do that a few years ago with the whole the gender thing where it was just, you know, male and female and there was no other option. It was just male and female. So when they started putting other and non-binary and things like that, all of a sudden, you know, people were checking it. But then when you get to the interview... They, they can't call you out on that. So I'm assuming it would work the same way with like your actual ethnicity, where you if I check white, they can't say, hey, by the way, the only reason like we call you're not white. I was like, I know I'm not, but my resume reads as if I was white. And you can hire me for that. And I'm sure they'll say, oh, well, the reason why we do that is, you know, to make sure that we hit the metrics of, you know, black versus white. I'm like, do you know how many jobs that I've applied for? And I know for a fact the only reason I wasn't picked was because I checked black. I've gotten like emails nine months after I've applied for a job that I couldn't even fucking remember that I applied to. And the email response is, sorry, there was another qualified candidate. And I was like, yo, it was for an administrative, ass- there's no fucking way that right. an administrative assistant role, like y'all couldn't call back at all. So right. some, some things you just know for a fact is a lie. So lie back. Lie to their ass too. Next question. Listen, I have a I have an old manager um, that looks just black, and his his family is from Honduras, and he mm. speak he speaks full strong Spanish, okay, mm. and that's why I feel like putting black is so dumb to me because in all ethnicities ethnicities other than white, there is always dark skinned people. And the darkest skinned people are always treated the worst. Even in Haiti, mm-hmm. darkest skinned people are treated the worst. Uh, Cubans, the darker skinned Cubans are treating the worst. So, like, there used to be um, dark skinned Asians, but white colonizers went into those villages and tried to, like, completely annihilate all those people. But there are history books on dark skinned Asians. Why do you think mm-hmm. a lot of black people have Asian-like features? Mm. Like, you can't erase us. They, they just think, you know, I, I, I ain't even gonna make it to that type of show. I, never mind. <laughs> like and that only matters for places, you know, that have a decent, uh, diverse demographic. For jobs where you might be looking for where there are predominantly white people working there, you know, I mean, they don't necessarily have to worry about the diversity thing because the demographic of their town is white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
I get exactly where the previous dude who just said that I get where that comes from because um as a when I was younger, of course for most of us I was very light, like I was bright and now I am darkish dark brownish, somewhat black in some spots, but I was very now I'm not talking about as a baby. As a baby fresh out we're all pretty light. <laughs> I'm talking about when I was maybe ten, twelve, I was very light. Then I started getting my darkness in. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing wrong, no disease, no nothing like that. My darkness just started to set in. So I yeah. see we talking about about that because every time somebody sees somebody light skin, they automatically assume, oh, he has to be they, he or she has to be mixed with something. There's no way you're 100 mm-hmm. percent black. It's like the guy, the famous guy Trevor Noah, how he's light skinned and from Africa. People don't believe it. People want to think he moved to Africa. No, he's born and raised in Africa. He's just light skinned. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's and just the least point, point, people are ignorant too. There are white Africans. Oh, so yeah, you were, you just touched exactly where I was going. So no, keep but going, keep going though. Please keep there, going. There cause... are there are Indian Indian people who are Jamaican. Jamaican is not a a race. It is a culture of people who are born on the islands. There are white Jamaicans. There are Chinese Jamaicans. I have a lot of Chinese cousins who are born and raised in Jamaica and they have children of a different culture down the line. So we are all diverse. That's why I tell people there's no way, even if I wanted to be um, racist, that I could ever be racist. Mm-hmm. I can be um, prejudiced. I can say, I don't care. You know, all this this race is like this and be ignorant, but I can't do that. My family yeah. is so diverse, it makes no sense. Yeah. You, you're nicer to me. Here's the thing. I'm not arguing with white folks about shit. Like, period. Um, me being black and seeing the things I've seen, hearing the things I've heard, um, I've had people that are white that want explanations to things that, honestly, they're textbooks for. There's movies for. On, the reason why you're coming to me is because there's a march for that shit, and you still don't understand. At what point do you understand, like, we normal people on the street, people on Twitter, on social media, people that you don't know, don't have to explain to you shit. I don't get paid to explain to you what the fuck Black Lives Matter means. I don't get paid to go and tell you why the things you do are wrong. I don't get paid to tell you that Rachel Dolezal is not Black. Um, more importantly, you know she's not black. You just want to waste our time with shit that you already have the information for. You just don't want to accept it. It's as if like you have revisionist history and the shit is going to change because you want it to. Newsflash, it will not. Because if that was the case, a lot, what, the 417 years, we could have changed that. Yeah. I would love to change the fact that Macklemore won that Grammy. I would love to. Absolutely love to do that shit. But you know no, he was that Grammy. He know that was Kendrick's. Yo, and, and that's the thing. You knew for a fact that that was the reason why. To us, at least, like to white people, they'd be like, well, Macklemore, like, he, he's pretty good. Name me Macklemore song that you have heard since. I'll wait. And that's why it is very important that we stop supporting these so-called music award shows that have a committee of people choosing who gets what award when they don't even listen to the music. <laughs> they have... No. I'm, 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 no, no type of inkling or or um, reason to listen to the music, but they're choosing who gets these awards. And these numbers are made up. 
because companies will buy um, and download and they have bots that will download these artists' music so they can have these imaginary numbers as if they're the most mm-hmm. liked artists that year. So that's why it's just mm-hmm. BS to me. Mm. I-, I got a hot take for you. Um, this actually is going to piss off some pop, you know, somebody. It'll be upset. You can at me at Young Black Pod on Instagram. Don't at me on Twitter because I will flame you. But here we are. Um, Adele. Do you remember when Adele won over Beyonce and she knew she shouldn't have yes. done that because said, Beyonce's album was... She um, loved Beyonce when she went up for her award show. I'm just like, girl... Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she was pandering, right? At least to me, that was what I got. I got like, hey, you know, if I don't say this, then the black community is not going to start buying my albums and shit like that, right? <laughs> so that's what I that's what I assumed from it. So flash forward to tw- I'm sorry, yeah, flash forward to 2020. Everybody's like, oh my god, you know, Adele lost all this weight, and you know, pretty much Adele is no longer that Adele. She wasn't the socially acceptable Zell, you know, Adele with the album and shit like that. So now she got her a black man. She she out here wearing, you know, the you know, Jamaican flag. She out here going to the, you know, the Caribbean fest and things like that. You're like, oh, well, she she got a little bit of culture, right? I'm gonna tell you this now. That next Adele album is not gonna slap. And the reason why it won't is because we will not accept it. We're still mad about the Beyonce but, thing, but on top but of that, it's Adele don't make money on albums. She makes money mm-hmm. on concerts. Her concert tickets are fucking mortgage notes you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that's where yeah. she makes her once she goes on tour she's out for like five years and she's gonna be back yeah, yeah but that's that's the thing like there, there are like for us we accept you as long as you accept that you are a part of the culture like macklemore he accepted that he was a part of the culture but the thing is he disappeared after he got what he wanted from us like oh, yeah. i remember uh what's the dude post malone like i don't know what ethnicity he is i'm just going to assume that he's white um post malone he said once white iverson took off and he was making all those songs he was like i don't want to do rap anymore i want to focus on country music and you know everybody told him nobody wants to hear you do country music the only reason people fuck with you is because of the fact that you have adopted the culture and you know what he said he was like you know what i see where my bread is buttered post malone ain't made a fucking country song yet Mm-mm-mm. But the, the 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 difference is Lil Nas X, he can make a country song and it pops, it thrives. But then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make a fucking rap song. I'm gonna come out as a gay man. I can do these things. The reason why he can do that is because not only does he accept the culture, the culture accepts him. But there are a lot of white people tying it back in that you know are pretty much convincing the world that they're white by whitewashing every fucking thing. Um, Taylor Swift, you know, she was trying to shake her ass in the Shake It All video. Ain't got no motherfucking ass at all. I'm still looking for it. I'm still <laughs> looking for it. Um, Miley, Miley Cyrus, I think she's honestly, she's one of my arch nemesis because she was, Mike Will made it. She ended up making that fire ass album. I was like, yo, Miley Cyrus got, she got some bops on this goddamn album. And me, I, I, I listen to a lot of music. So for me to go out of my way to listen to Miley Cyrus, it better be fire, right? So I'm listening to it. I'm like, yo, this album is great. And then the the Hemsworth brother, he was like, you know what? I, I can't accept that. You, you you taking black dick now? The, the the wedding is off. So the wedding was off. And then you know what she said? She was like, wait, I'm gonna lose my white man. I'm gonna lose my I'm gonna lose my boo. You know what? I'm gonna, mad. I'm not adopting black culture anymore. What she did was she started making country music. And what did he do? He took her ass right back because she had to convince the world that she was white again. 
here's the thing. We can't convince the fucking world that we're black. But the entire fucking world has to accept the fact that they can convince themselves and we, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, biracial people. We have to convince them that we're white. Why? Why is it always us doing the convincing? Because they never been in a white people never been in a position to not have to lose or to be discriminated against or feel less than because of who they are by DNA. It's kind of like whenever I see whenever I see like white people do extreme shit for fun because they're bored. I said, this is what happens when you as a group, as a people, you've never endured any type of struggle. You just feel like you're infinite. You feel like you have nine lives. Yo, that's why, and I'll say this, somebody's gonna laugh at me, but that's why I enjoy impossible white man movies. Like I've seen every Liam Neeson movie in the past ten years. The reason why he keeps the same the, character in all of his movies, and I'm sick of it. Yo, I th- this man he went how how the fuck in the first movie of Taken they took your daughter, the second movie they took you and your wife. They took you, nigga. You are the star of the movie, and they took you. Then the third movie they killed his wife, framed him for it, and for some unknown reason. He goes against the entire fucking government. Police officers, FBI, SWAT, the the fucking Metro police. He, at the end of the movie, he gets off completely fine. Didn't understand it. Then, nine months later, he took on a fucking wolf and a bear in a movie and beat them. I was like, yo, Liam Neeson, he, he is the impossible white man. So then after that, he gets on a fucking train. He, no, I'm, I, I, I lied to you not, Shane. Um, he goes on a train. Goes on a train. The, I want to say the movie is about like two hours long. I don't know how you made a two-hour movie on a train. He's trying to figure out who is the person on the train that has the bomb for two fucking hours. Now, here's the thing. The movie was absolutely fire. I loved the movie. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to watch every Liam Neeson movie that has ever come out. So then I watched a movie called Unknown. Unknown, Liam Neeson goes and... He gets in a car accident, goes, I guess, like, the car, the taxi, goes into the ocean. The taxi driver saves him, and the entire movie, he doesn't remember who he is, only to find out that he was a Secret Service agent at the end of it. I was like, okay, so he's definitely an impossible white man. So I was like, you know what? There's no way Liam Neeson can do any more fucking impossible white man movies, right? Then I look at Twitter today. Twitter's like, Liam Neeson's in this movie called The Marksman. And I was like, what what the fuck is... The, the marksman? What what the fuck is the marksman, right? Now, Shan, I'm I'm let you play this voicemail because I want to read the definition of the marksman after. So go ahead and hit that button. You know, my wife is um it's from the island of St. Lucia. And believe it or not, a lot of people from the islands love country western music. Yep. My mom's yep. favorite artists are Reba McIntyre, why not? Wyona Judd and um, shoot, what's the mm. other person? But she loves country music. My mom, she loves country music. She loves old reggae music, and um, she's not really into R and B, and she's not really into um, like jazz or rap. She hates rap. Mm. So yes, I'm gonna I'm 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 read this. <laughs> Yo, this, this nigga is wild. So. The movie The Marksman is starring Liam Neeson. Here's the movie info. It says, hardened Arizona rancher Jim Hansen, a.k.a. Liam Neeson, simply wants to be left alone as he fends off eviction notices and tries to make a 
living on an isolated stretch of borderland. But everything changes when Hansen, an ex-Marine sharpshooter, witnesses 11-year-old my, uh, migrant Miguel, guess the race, fleeing with his mother Rosa, again, guess the race, from drug cartel assassins led by the ruthless Mauricio, guess the race. After being caught in a shootout, a dying Rosa begs Jim to take her son to safety to her family in Chicago. Defying his cop daughter, Sarah, Jim sneaks Miguel out of local U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Station, and together they hit the road with a group of killers in pursuit. Jim and Miguel slowly begin to overcome their differences and begin to forge an unlikely friendship, while Mauricio and his fellow assassins blaze a cold-blooded trail hot on their heels. When they finally meet on a Midwestern farm, a fight to the death ensues as Jim uses his military skills and code of honor to defend the boy that he's come to love. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Yo, if that's not an impossible white man movie, I don't know. <laughs> One person took, he took down a drug cartel. The only, You know what? I know what this is. I know what it is. Anybody right now that's in here live on stereo, y'all have seen the last Rambo movie, uh, Last Blood. The last Rambo movie, he had a like a Latin daughter or niece or something like that. She says that she wants to meet her father. She's never met her father and she was trying to figure out why he left. Girl goes and drives into Mexico from Arizona. Drives into there. She meets up with her friend who told her, hey, I know how to find your father, blah, 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 blah. Drives into Mexico, meets her father. The father says, hey, no, uh, I still don't fuck with you, and I don't want to be with you, right? Does this shit, and for some reason, her homegirl, who is basically setting her up, says, you know what, girl, why don't we go, and we go and drink it, you know, we drink it off tonight. We go to a club. She takes her to a club. The girl gets drugged. She gets drugged, and she ends up being, like, you know, sex trafficked, right? Um, Obviously, Rambo, he goes into this town in Mexico, and he's looking for her. And the entire fucking movie, he is taking on the drug cartel. Tell me that does not sound like the marksman. That's why we have to start watching the same fucking movie over and over again. Where are the new writers at? Where are the new directors at? Like, so many people have good stories. I'm tired of watching the same movie over and over again. But I, I am too. But the, the issue with it is it's it just so like, fucking good. How many times you gotta die hard, my G? Yo, but them diehards be fire. Oh, that's the, I'm telling you, th- there's there's no greater movie to watch when there's nothing on TV than impossible white man movies. I'm talking about Bruce Willis, Jason Statham. Honestly, I have not seen a Jason Statham movie the that only is not thing good. That I can watch repeatedly that is very white is definitely anything Dick Wolf because that man's mm. not out to entertain me with drama. Okay, Mm-mm. SGU, sign me up. Mm. Lauren Order Crime, sign me up. Other than that, I'm not trying to watch nothing on repeat. So, a qu- question for you, and then we're going to go to the next voicemail. So, the topic right now that we're talking about is convincing the world that you are white. Do you feel like Vin Diesel is trying to convince the world that he is white? No. Now, the reason why I asked that question is because he has had 58 versions of Fast and the Furious, right? I'm and- so sick of yeah. Um, the reason why I asked specifically was because I've watched him drive a car while standing on it on a highway, on a bridge, and he jumped from the like from the car. He jumped from the car, jumped in midair, 
caught Letty from, you know, the Fast and Furious movies. He caught her in midair from a car that was driving itself. Caught her in midair and then landed on another car on the opposite side of the bridge. No, I don't think he's trying to convince people that he's white. He's trying to convince um, other directors that he has um, levels of acting. But there's a lot of things that everybody has to stop assuming that only white people do because other races do them also. Like a lot of people thought and still think I'm very crazy because I enjoy skydiving. Not indoor Mm. skydiving, but the real skydiving. And no, Mm -hmm. I am white. Some people skydive. Listen, some people are just willing to try something at least once. Um, that most people that look like them will never do, and it is okay. Mm-hmm. But we have to stop giving all the credit of their devilish things to white people because I know of a lot of friends who have who are of other ethnicities that drive like they're ready to die and I'm just like is your goal to be part of NASCAR because I feel like you need to make all the proper steps to get there but I just want to get to my destination in one piece pretty much pretty much yes indeed now (laughs) you you might as well play these voicemails because somebody I'm sure as long as y'all don't mention the the fact that I said shoulda please just don't mention that (laughs) That's why you gotta just start uh, caging up your daughters. There you oh, go. Problem Yo, solved. Do not cage up your daughters. <laughs> Do not cage that was up your daughters. Are y'all a bunch of brothers and sisters out here? God, God damn it, where do I stop? Convincing the world your I cannot. Oh my god, there's always one. Man, I thought... I'm muting you by accident because I already knew what you were doing. My trigger finger, I told you, my trigger <laughs> finger is itching. <laughs> you better talk to me nice. Oh I know my that. He said, talk to me nice. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. Nope. <laughs> that, that's what we will not do. That's oh what the fuck God. we will not do. Mm-mm. But yeah, I think it's super important. If you do have a biracial child, to um, be open, be open mm-hmm. and have discussions. Be preventative. Don't wait until something pops off in an ignorant manner for them to be aware of what to say, what to do if this happens. Because I think a lot of people think, "Oh, I live in a nice neighborhood. They go to a nice school. Um, they're on this team. I know this family." I don't think this will ever happen. No, those sometimes be the perfect situations for that ignorant shit to happen because people get comfortable in the things that they have in the places that they are, assuming people won't get ignorant. Ignorance Mm. will follow you everywhere. So it is very important for you to, you and your wife to be like, okay, so they're going to this daycare. They're going to be exposed to this music and other kids that Mm -hmm. look like what do we talk to him, to her about? She's going to second grade. They start looking at hair, shoes, music, um, clothes. Why you hang out with such such? What do you eat? How can they say, um, you know, what are you eating without being ignorant? I talk to my kids about that all the time. So there's different levels of what you're going to have discussions with her about at home before she gets mm-hmm. out 
around different people and ethnicities. But so far, I think both of you are doing great. You have nothing to worry about. I think both of you are, are aware of what the climate is outside. But I think mm-hmm. it's very important to be um, active and proactive when you have biracial children or when you just have children, period, about what is outside. Yeah. I agree. And I'm, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to tell you this now. As somebody's father, as a girl dad, um, I am shooting people. I, I'm not doing the fighting shit at all. <laughs> I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I be telling people, like, they be thinking I'm joking. I'm like, no, I will shoot you in the motherfucking foot. I ain't trying to kill you, but you you come for my daughter, like, you know, there's that. Um, The reason why I say that is because I have a younger sister. And one thing that always sticks out in my head is my mom took her to the playground, and there was a little kid, a little boy that liked her. And mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know what, I like you, and I think you're cute. Yeah. He, he tried to bully her. So my yeah. sister's going down the slide. And you know how when kids go on a slide, like, they sit up. But my sister, she was getting her foot in together, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was next. And dude, the little kid, pushed my sister face first down the slide. And he oh, was when slides, yeah, these slides weren't the PG-13 ones that are all that plastic. Was the metal like burning that. ones? Yes. So, like, she's sliding down there, and she chips her tooth on the base of the slide. Mm-hmm. And my my mom being, you know, who she is, shout out to Sherry. So Sherry goes and okay. takes the little boy up the, she takes that boy up the slide and does the same fucking thing to him. So they both ended up having a chip tooth. And the, you know, the boy's mom was like, <laughs> well, why would you do that to my son? Blah, 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 blah. And my mom said this. She was like, treat others the way you want to be treated. And when she said that, the mother was like, you know, you know how white mothers are. They're like, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, like they're asking themselves a question, even though they know the answer. And my mom said, the girl got merch. I got you on sweatshirts. I got you on long sleeve tops. I got you on hoodies. I got you on masks. If you pro mask out here. Okay. I even got you on, you know, bags, you know what I'm saying? On the sign that you need to hide your stash in fanny pack world. I got y'all too. Check out. She gets it shop. On Teespring, okay? I got y'all with the merch, all right? Now, back to this show, 